hook him. But uh, no, so appreciate this man. Appreciate his hunger for the Lord and his pursuit of the Lord. What God is doing in his life. So, Brother Rigo, would you come take a moment? You guys are going to have to excuse me a little bit because I get first letter stage fright. I don't like talking in front of you. Uh, I'm just going to pretend you guys are my uh, my mechanics. So then, <laughs> well, it's easy to talk to them, obviously. So, uh, but only they're a lot smaller group than you guys are. <laughs> um, well, just I guess real quick. Uh, so I well, obviously I've been pursuing God for a little bit now. It's been like a roller coaster. You know, there's days that I'm just like on fire and there's other days that I'm just like, you know, kind of, I don't know, just down under or whatever. But um, after men's conference, though, I just, uh, things started changing, I guess. And, and I started, uh, I guess, just reading more, praying more. And man, I, like, I think what I'm learning to do is yield. Um, and and it's, it's not easy. It ain't easy. I mean, and then, uh, of course, with that comes like, uh, you got of course, the enemy, you know, coming in here and just bombarding you wherever he can, you know, and, and that's hard. It's it's hard to deal with that sometimes, uh, but I'm, I guess I'm just trying to yield as I can, and and uh, I try to I try to pray every day and uh, and read, um, like and, and and that's and that's been helping me like get through my days. And it's not easy, but it's I think it's uh, I like the feeling that I get out of it. I guess, and it's it's uh, it definitely makes me feel. Uh, good um so i guess just just that word i mean yielding i mean it's, it's just it's a big deal and you know i am um, i uh like sometimes in conversations with individuals i just i start just i guess leaving what i want out and and taking the good or whatever you know it's just but it's i don't know it's it's hard um but uh but god's definitely at work i mean there's a couple people that are that i'm working on right now um, one's this individual who's in Oregon and I've been working on him for a little bit and another one's my brother, you know, we're, he's always constantly bringing up God and God and I, and I try to, obviously I'm not no expert, but I'm trying to just show him whatever I know and, um, trying to show him the, I guess, what I know, I guess, you know, so, um, but other than that, I mean, I don't really got a whole lot, so, thank you. Praise God. That's a whole lot. Yielding. Amen. I want to learn to yield, don't you? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Before we go into the Word tonight, I feel like the Lord's wanting to talk to us. It's good to have some friends here. Some has traveled all the way from Guatemala to be here tonight. And uh, so they came further than anybody else, I'm going to guess. <laughs> and um, I at least want to give them a moment to greet you before we dive into the word of the Lord tonight. And so um, as many of you know, uh, there was a season where we went back and forth to Bellingham. And so the contact that opened that door into Bellingham was Brother Pablo Vicente, Brother Pablo Pastors with his wife and family in Guatemala, and our mutual connection was from the pastor that married my wife and I is the one that won him to the Lord, and he was filled with the Holy Ghost, and after time, he went back to Guatemala, and as the Lord is using him there in his purpose, 
and he connected with some Guatemalans that connected with him when they were home but live in Bellingham. And he called me one time and said, aren't you in Washington? Asked me how far I was from Bellingham. I think I said, well, I'm closer than you are. <laughs> and uh, so that was the connection. So this is Brother Pablo. I want him to at least come take a moment and greet you. Brother Pablo, would you come? And uh, just greet this precious congregation. Amen. You're welcome. Gloria a Dios. Que el Señor Jesús los bendiga. The Lord may bless you. Uh, I appreciate so much uh, Brother Ross to bring me here and Yakima and Mario and Noe. They are with us. And uh, thank you uh, for the friendship, Brother Ross and uh, in the ministry. And uh, also Brother Hart and his wife and his family. Thank you for having us over. And uh, great church. And uh, I just want to thank you for all the help that uh, uh, Brother Hart uh, give us and his family uh, sacrificed to go visit us uh, to uh, strengthen the work in uh, Bellingham. And uh, I know sometimes we feel like it's not much, but only eternity will tell uh, how much we really uh, do in the kingdom of God. And appreciate your wonderful church. I know it was hard for him and the church sometimes. And uh, at this time, Brother Ross has been helping us. He's closer to the congregation in Bellingham. And God willing, uh, we're working hard to, to get the work stronger. So I come up here in Washington. Um, uh, try to come up once a, a year. Uh, last year I couldn't make it, but I'm so Happy that I'm here this year, and uh, I think God's doing great things. Thanks for bringing me, brother. And um, it was just uh, the Lord's work and the kingdom. And I tell my brother that uh, if you don't know what the Malawar is, it's kind of a little bit far. Uh, so I tell him at one time I flew from Guatemala to Miami and Miami to Seattle. And it was almost seven hours in the airplane. And I thought to myself, man, where these Guatemalans end? And I mean, it's the farthest you can go in the corner of the United States. But it's so wonderful. You guys have a wonderful country, uh, uh, state. And uh, I'm just so glad to be here and also in God's people. There's nothing like being among God's people that love him. And have the same spirit as you do. So I appreciate it so much, Brother Hart. It's so good to meet uh, wonderful people here. And uh, God willing, uh, uh, probably we'll never meet again. Uh, or maybe we'll meet again. If not in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Can you say praise the Lord? I want to I wanna leave this thought that come to, to mind, Brother Hart. And... Uh, and I'm pretty sure every pastor, sometimes you feel stuff uh, or things of God like that. There is a song, a very simple song that we sing in Guatemala. And it simply goes like, like I feel them, I'm feeling them here, talking about the Holy Ghost. And then we begin to say, 
it moves here, it moves over there. It moves here, it moves over there. So the other people may have different meaning, but every time we sing that song, God brings the people of God that have met. When we sing that song in Guatemala, God, he moves here, he moves where. It just it reminds me the church in Lebanon where was, I was born in the spiritual form. And then it brings me Bellingham in mind and brings me uh, uh, Mount Vernon in mind. And, and now it will bring you faces and this congregation in mind when we'll be singing. He moves over there and he moves here. The wonderful thing is we have the same God and the spirit. You can feel it amongst us when we begin to call them in the name. Thank you, Jesus. So it is, I thank my God to bring me here, and it, it, I will never forget about the, uh, this church. Maybe every face I can't remember, but I always remember this church in Yakima. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. We love you in the spirit, and uh, we have a revival in Guatemala, and I'm pretty sure also here because we're living in the last days. Can you say praise the Lord? Thank you for the time, brother. Appreciate you so much. Thank you for being here. Praise God. I'm going to ask Brother Ross to take a moment and greet you. He pastors in Mount Vernon, and he is working there north in Bellingham as well. Amen. Praise the Lord. Greetings to your pastor and to your bishop here. It's good to be with you here in the house of the Lord. This is a beautiful place, isn't it? Um, I had the privilege of actually being in this building, I think, before maybe you had but a service or two in this building. I, we happened to be passing by, and I'd asked Brother Hart if I could see the building. And um, I saw the building, but now I feel the building. I, I, what I mean when I say I feel the building is I feel and sense your spirit. And I sense what God wants to do among you and that you're at a very um, you're at a position where this is just the beginning of some great things that God has in store for this church. I feel like there's an intimacy in this congregation and um, may God grant you to have that as you grow. It's one of the one of the things you lose as a, as a congregation grows is the intimacy. But I feel close. Like we're almost on top of each other. We're close. I can feel your spirits. You're close. And it's a good feeling. Amen. You have great leadership in this church. Um, you've got great vision. Amen. Be united. Be agreed that this is what we're doing. And be on board for what God wants to do. Amen. And you'll see the, the things that many people in, in Pentecost only dream about. They talk about it, but they don't get to see it. Amen. I don't want to just read the Bible. I want to live the Bible. I want to feel the Bible. I want to see the Bible. I want to, be, I want to experience the Bible. And this valley, Selah, Yakima, this area needs a living word. It needs a living gospel. Amen. And as you grow and as God is adding to this church... May God continue to bless you. Amen. I appreciate the friendship of your pastor. Thank you very much for having us and, and uh, being a wonderful host. God bless you and your dear wife. Amen. Amen.
Praise God. Amen, amen. I would put Brother Mario and them on the spot, but Brother Mario would be like that. <laughs> These precious people, we love them very, very much. I, um, I want us to go into the Word together for a moment tonight. The Lord has been dealing with my heart these last two days. Brother Flowers, you witnessed you were praying together, and he began to move in the Spirit there in prayer. Uh, I was just sitting over there praying and going, you just go ahead, Brother Flowers, and we'll just sit back. And I feel the Lord talking to us. He was talking about the voice of the Lord and the Lord speaking. I don't know if you were hearing what he was praying. I was. I was registering in my spirit. Maybe you were just praying like maybe you were supposed to be. I was praying, but I was hearing the... I was registering my spirit. So I want to... I've. You've probably heard this question before or maybe asked this question before. Uh, Brother Ross just alluded to it. Of I want to see this, what I see in the Bible, I want to see it now. Heard those conversations before. I've made the statement, I don't want to just read the book of Acts. I believe we are the book of Acts, and so I want to live it. And the question has been asked before, why don't we? Right? Why don't we as much? And I believe we are seeing those things begin to take place. I remember once uh, someone addressing that question uh, stuck in my mind. It was Brother Johnny Garrison. I remember the meeting. I remember him talking about it, about why not. And he drew a very distinct reference point on why one of the biggest differences. Um, it stayed with me. He said he felt like one of the reasons that the disciples began to walk in what they did and something that they had that we didn't was one of the huge motivators for them was they watched him die. He talked about having lived with him and ministered with him for three and a half years and then they actually saw him die. They watched what he went through. It was real to them. The reality of his sacrifice and what he had paid. And, and I thought about that. I've thought about that through the years. That's probably been man, 15, 20 years ago at least. But through the years, my mind's come back to that. And I've, I've wrestled with it at times in prayer because I'm like, I, I can't go back and see that happen. I mean, I, I just can't reproduce that. And uh, I've prayed about that again recently as far as seeing what is the difference. We believe it's the same Holy Ghost, right? Yeah, okay. I do. It's the same Spirit. And so... Let's look at scripture here. The book of John, chapter number 8.
And we're just going to start at verse number 26. John 8, verse 26. Jesus is speaking here. There's something the Lord is wanting to do in us and quicken in us. We've, um, we can rejoice on Sunday with uh, Stephanie was here. And the Lord baptized her with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We thank God for that. And at Youth Convention, the Lord baptized Luis with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We thank God for that. And that's probably what's got me been turning in my spirit. I felt like the Lord is opening a door. Um, just going to be a little transparent here tonight. There's times I've wrestled with the Lord in prayer about, Lord, I'm thankful that we're baptizing people. I'm thankful that doors are opening for ministry and homes and these things that are happening with different avenues. I know God is in all that. And I believe we're pursuing you, uh, and we are. I'm ready to see more people filled with the Holy Ghost to walk in the power of the Spirit. I'm not talking about numbers to check on a list, you understand, things to report. I'm talking about people filled with and walking in the power of the Spirit. And so I, I believe there is a door that's opened there and that we're going to continue to see that in greater measure here. I'm not talking broad and ambiguous. I'm speaking, I don't think it's limited to here, but I'm speaking for here, for uh, home Bible studies, for P7 clubs. I believe that people can feel the Holy Ghost God can fill people with the Holy Ghost right there at Davis High School, Malia, as you teach the Word of God. And the Word of God falls on them like we read in the book of Acts, chapter 19 or chapter 10. And so, John chapter 8, verse 26, these people receiving the Holy Ghost and the fact the Lord's going to fill more has had me thinking again about when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they started walking like this. They didn't get filled with the Holy Ghost and then 15 years later start walking like this. They were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2. And in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. It wasn't 10 years later. They didn't mature in the faith. I mean, I believe they were you know one of the elements that was different is we have made receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost a destination. We've made it something to arrive at. a thing to be desired, and once you've received it, then, okay, anything else is extra. When the reality is, it, it, that's so contrary to what we say in the Word, because we understand when we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost that we are born again. We agree with that. That's being born again. When we're baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost, we've been born again. Now, Elder Flowers talked about childlike faith, seeing the kingdom of God. We need to be as a child, but the Apostle Paul made the statement, when I was a child, 
I thought as a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Brother Flowers wasn't telling us that we should all be like children where we never grow up and mature in the spirit. We understand that, right? He was talking to us about a heart like a child that's obedient to the voice of God. I think when we are pursuing the Lord and the infilling of his spirit, we're really wanting to obey his voice. Like a child. But then when we mature, maybe I, I don't need to hear what my father says as much anymore. I mean, I, I've had the Holy Ghost. Bishop, I've had the Holy Ghost for 43 years. I don't need the Father telling me what to do anymore. Really. But if we're not careful, I'm afraid that maybe we mature, what we call mature, in the faith. And Brother Flowers, we no longer have the heart of a child that's just ready to hear and obey the voice of God. I mean, I'll call on him if I need to hear from him. But otherwise, I've got 43 years of experience to work with, so I've seen this before. I know what to do because God always does everything the same way every time. Oh, blinded eyes? Let me spit and get mud. Oh, no, he only did that once. I'm really trying to read here. This has been turning in my spirit. You're getting something that's been here for a few days. John chapter 8, verse number 26. Listen to what Jesus says. I have many things to say and to judge of you. Now the response here, when I read this and I stopped... The response should be, okay, Lord, say them. I'm listening. Say them. That's generally not the response. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things. What things? Which I have heard of him. I heard what the father said. And I spoke it. Amen. Now those that were listening. Verse 27. They understood not. That he spake to them of the father. Then said Jesus unto them. When you have lift up the son of man. Then shall you know. That I am. The he was added. He didn't say that. Then shall you know that I am. And that I do nothing of myself. Everybody say nothing of myself. I do not. Jesus said. I do nothing of myself. But as my father hath taught me. Sounds like a child. I speak those things. And he that sent me is with me. And the Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please 
him. Sort of sounds like a child. I really didn't prep Brother Flowers tonight. Notice what he said. Jesus said, I do always those things that please the Father. That sounds like a good child. I don't know if I can say that. And as he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to the Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen? Now turn over with me to John chapter 14. Verse number 12. I would read this whole chapter, but for sake of time, we won't. John 14, 12, Jesus still speaking. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do. Why? Because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Why? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father. And he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Notice verse 17. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, why can the world not receive? Because it seeth him not. You remember what Brother Flowers said at the beginning? Except you be as a child, you cannot see the kingdom of God. How come the world can't receive the spirit of truth? Because it cannot see him. Neither knoweth him. But you know him, he says. How do you know him? For he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world, notice, the world seeth me no more. But you see me because I live, you shall live also. At that day, you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Skip down to verse number 25. Jesus said, These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost... Whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. Turn the page or flip the scroll on your phone. Or I just want to read a couple more. Chapter 15. 
If you're flipping through your Bible, you see all this in red. Jesus is talking about this a whole lot. You can go home and read all of this. Chapter 15, verse 26. But when the Comforter is come, we know the Comforter is the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Christ. We know that from the verses we read. When the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. And you also shall bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. Verse 1 of chapter 16. We know man put the chapters there. The Lord didn't stop and pause and come back a different day. He continued speaking. Verse 1, chapter 16. These things have I spoken unto you. You realize how many times he's saying, these things I've spoken to you. These things I've spoken to you. These things I've spoken to you. Remember where we started in chapter 8? He said, I have many things to say to you. Now he's saying, these things I've spoken to you. Why? This is an interesting turn, it almost feels like. That you should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time comes that whosoever kills you will think that he does God's service. How could the disciples endure that? Remember he said... I'm going to fill you with my spirit, and he's going to cause you to remember all these things I've said to you. He's going to think he does God's service, and these things will they do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them, and these things I said not unto you at the beginning because I was with you. Notice, He's telling them now because he's getting ready to leave. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me whither goest thou. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. He said he was leaving. That sorrowed them. Watch what he says. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove. You need to hear this. This is what the Comforter will do. The Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God dwelling, the Lord Jesus Christ dwelling within us. The Spirit of the Father, the Spirit of truth, the Comforter. All these words we just, the Holy Ghost dwelling in us. This is what he will do. What is the Holy Ghost supposed to do? In a, see, we've made it a destination. We've made it an experience. It's supposed to do something in us and with us and through us. The Holy Ghost in us is supposed to do something. Not just save us. God forbid. That would be the only purpose we would hold on to it for. Where am I at? Verse 8. And when he has come, here's what he will do. He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. The Holy Ghost is going to do this. Through who? The church. It's going to reprove sin. The Holy Ghost is going to do this. Through who? Through the church. The Holy Ghost. 
is going to do this. When you and I are baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost, it's with purpose, not ours, His. His. That's why this scripture could say in Romans 8, all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to His purpose. Now, verse 12. This is going to sound like a broken record, but we're not reading the same scripture. I have yet many things to say unto you. Who has many things to say? Who's speaking here? Jesus. I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. So if he's getting ready to go away, when's he going to say them? He just told him, I'm getting ready to leave. But I've got a lot of, we've read it several times. I have many things to say to you. I'm speaking this so it's a call to remembrance. I have many things to say to you, but I'm leaving. Uh, have you, have you, ever, you ever been in a conversation with someone and you knew your time was coming to an end to have that conversation? Maybe they had to get on a plane or they had to go somewhere and you were just hanging on to every word and you didn't want the conversation to end and you hated to see them go. And Anybody relate to that? I imagine the disciples were this way and he's going, I have many things to say to you, but I got to go and you can't bear them right now. What? No, no, I, no, I can Don't go. Tell me. No, don't go. Tell me. And they're sorrowing in their heart. How's he going to speak to them if he's going? I'll tell you how he's going to speak to them. The comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, he dwells with you, but he shall be in you. Even the spirit of truth. Who's going to reveal it to you? How's he going to continue to speak? With stammering lips and another tongue, will he speak to his people? And so when he filled them with the Holy Ghost, it was the venue by which his spirit could be ever present. He said, I will never leave you. How would he never leave them? Because he would be in them. And now the indwelling spirit of God is ever present in the child of God. Filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why? So the child of God is ever in communion with the Father. So the child of God is ever listening to the heart and the voice of the Father. For the flowers. So the child is ever hearing and obedient to the Father. This is why we must be filled with the Holy Ghost. Not so I can say I arrived. That's just the birth. It's just the birth. I don't know if I did it with my two younger ones, but with my older child, you know, that first kid gets special treatment. It's true. You don't believe it, go look at all the pictures you have of your first child and then see how many you have of your second child. It's just the way it works. And if you were like third, fourth, fifth down the line, just forget about it. (laughs) But I remember, I digress. I remember with my first child, I remember trying to, I don't know that I like, 
laid on my wife's stomach and talked or anything like that. I don't, I don't remember doing anything like that. Uh, but I remember talking and being with her. And, you know, the, the, oh, feel him, feel, feel, feel him moved. I don't remember doing any of that so much with the second and third. Maybe I did, but I don't remember that. Like, can't feel a whole lot different than I did last time. That's a, <laughs> this, <laughs> the way guys think. Sorry. Don't hate me. I, I love them all the same. I just. They probably think I'm a terrible dad now. Terrible husband. <laughs> so. But. But I remember and I recognized clearly, even in the womb. That child came to know my voice. Before he was born. He maybe didn't know it was dad, but he recognized a voice. He didn't come out of the womb going, dada. Right? But the voice was familiar. And there was something there in that voice that it didn't take long that when he was born, he already knew the voice. He already. And so what does the Lord do? The Lord draws men. He beckons men and women to him. And we recognize, I'm not sure what that is, but something's happening in me. I'll tell you what's happening. Spiritually, the Father is reaching to you. Spiritually, the Father is drawing you. And you're identifying with something. I don't know what that is. I don't know what I feel. But something there is happening. I'm telling you, the Lord is wanting you to be born again. He's wanting to birth you in the Spirit. And you are feeling the drawing of the Father. And the idea is that when you're born again, you know the voice of the Father. And you continue to align with the voice of the Father and obey His voice. You know what the diff- this was the other difference. We took a minute to get here, but that's what I felt like the Lord said. Here was the difference that we see in the book of Acts with the disciples that oftentimes we don't see in the church. Why we think it takes 15 years of spiritual maturity. The disciples spent three and a half years with him. They weren't trying to get the Holy Ghost. They just wanted to be with Him. Their lives were committed to being with Him. And so when they were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, they said, I recognize that voice. I understand what He's... Remember He said, I'll bring to your remembrance all things whatsoever I've spoken unto you. I believe with all of my heart the word of God is true. And when they were filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost there in the upper room, I believe in that moment and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. I believe there was something that happened. They recognized this is the Comforter. This is the very Spirit of God that dwelt with us that's now in us. Do you remember when he said, I got to go away. It's expedient for you, but I'll come again. He has come and he's here. And this is, and they begin to fellowship the Spirit of God that they had spent three and a half years fellowshipping. And they knew his voice and they were already accustomed to obeying his voice. So when they're walking into the temple and the Holy Ghost says, tell him to get up and walk. Oh, I know that voice. That sounded like Jesus. 
Three and a half years. Okay, I just do what he says. Hey, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. See, we want to make it this big mystical. Oh, I felt something. Oh, ah. And maybe you may feel something. I'm not. But there's no indication there that Peter and John felt some ooh and ah. The guy said, silver and gold, silver and alms, alms, alms. And there was a quickening of the spirit of God, the spirit of truth that will lead and guide. Those are the words that the scripture used. And the spirit of God indwelling in them was leading and they already knew the voice. And what were they supposed to do when the father spoke? What any good child does, just obey. Just obey. They were accustomed to hear and obey, hear and obey, hear and obey. Watch verse 13. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come. He will guide you into all truth. Why or how? For he shall not speak of him. Notice we've all heard this before, but it's worth pointing out. He will guide you into all truth. Colon. Right? Colon. What comes after explains what's before. Defines or explains. He will guide you into all truth. How? What? For he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall, verse 14, glorify me. It will never glorify the man or the woman. He shall glorify me. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. When we are baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost. The plan and the purpose is that Christ is our example. Christ said, I do nothing of myself. I hear what he says. I do it. I hear what he says. I say it. How could we get to that place? We can't in ourselves. Our only hope is the indwelling spirit of God. And our ear becoming tuned and sensitive to the voice of our father. And it would be great if that was enough. But the hard part, Brother Rigo already told us. The hard part is yielding. Sounds like obedience to me. Oh, I can hear the voice of the Father. But man, when it's contrary to what I want to do, am I going to obey the Father? Or am I going to be a teenager? <laughs> that was Brother Flowers' example. I'm just... Sorry, teenagers, you get a bad rap. That's not fair. Prove me wrong, teenagers. Just be obedient all the time. No. The Spirit of God in me. 
his purposes so that he can lead and guide me. We, some of you may remember, we talked a couple of weeks ago about that pattern of seeing it with my children. When they were young, just they'll do what we say. They come into that phase where, eh, not so much. And they come into that phase where, uh, depends. And then they get into that phase where dad knows nothing. Um, because he's old and out of touch. Times have changed. My children didn't go through that in a great way. I don't, I don't want to paint some negative light there, but we all went through those phases. It's seasons. It's finding out where we're going to yield, Brother Ego. And so, but I'm watching my older ones especially, uh, all of them really, depending on the situation. In college now, like, you know, Dad, I wish you'd just tell us what to do. We'll just do it. Just tell us what we're supposed to do. And now the hardest part for me is I can't tell you what to do. You need to hear from God. I'm going to pray with you. I'll talk with you. I think you're stepping off the deep end. I'll... But you're coming to a point in a walk in your relationship with God. You've got to hear from God. But what is the child saying? Here's what I hear them saying. This is what touches my spirit. They're saying, you know what? I've grown up. And now that I've grown up, I don't want to make my own decisions. Just tell me, Dad, and I'll obey. Oh, that I could get there with God. That's spiritual maturity. I don't make my own decisions. He does. I don't decide where I'm going. He does. I don't decide what I'm saying. He does. And what does he do when he's working in my life and yours? He reproves sin. Speaks righteousness. I was, I'm finishing. The reason we see what we see in the book of Acts is because the disciples simply heard, knew his voice, and obeyed. We paint this picture. They were super spiritual. They were. They heard and obeyed. That's super spiritual. Ooh, they moved in the gifts of the Spirit. I don't know. I'm sure they did at times. But if they did, it's just because the Spirit told them and they obeyed. We want to make it much more. They heard and obeyed. They had an example. Jesus said, I don't do anything except the Father does it. I don't say anything except He speaks it. That was their example. And so they had lived that for three and a half years. So when the Spirit dwelt in them, they knew, well, all I know to do is hear and obey. That's spiritual maturity. It's not figuring it out on my own. It's learning to hear his voice and then obey. If he tells me, I'll do it. I was, uh, was in an interesting situation today. Can we make this real world before we finish tonight? I was um, working at the office and got into a conversation with somebody about a, a career path that they were considering and asking about. And uh, a member came in, and so our conversation got cut off, and they started helping the member. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, it was nice. I'm going to move on. I'm going to 
spend some time with some other people. And so I was back over at, well, that person I'd been talking with, I have to remember that they went back into the break room and were sitting down there taking a break. And I happened to be by the open door and they're like, hey, Joel, come here. I want to finish that conversation. Sit down. And uh, I was like, okay. So I went in and I sit down at this table and I'm asking the individual, you know, how they're doing. They have a little baby girl that's two and how's the little girl doing? And they get a picture and show me the picture and they scrolled and they were getting ready to show me another picture and they stopped. You ever recognize that happen? And they said, uh, oh, Joel, I, I, I have a boyfriend. I said, oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, and they told me a little bit about it, and I was glad to hear it. And then they showed me the picture. And uh, I started having interesting thoughts come through my spirit. And I'm going... Man, do I really go down this road right now. You ever been in one of those? What does the spirit of truth do? What does the Holy Ghost do? It reproves sin. Speaks of righteousness. And judgment. Not does it in love. And so I'm, I'm just listening. I'm, I hope this isn't too honest. I'm not wanting to obey. <laughs> now you laugh at me, but you're, you've been there too. Thinking, I'm waiting. I'm genuinely, I'm genuinely waiting. I'm listening. And so, um, so they, they make a statement. They said, you know, that, I said, so I asked the question, I said, is he kind to you? I said, he really is. He's, he's kind. He, he wants to help me get through school. He wants to, you know, he's talking about things and he's about marriage and, and uh, you know, wanting. And I'm like, oh, and he's, he's wanting to buy a car and he's saying buy us a car. And I'm like, oh, no, that's your car. This is my car. And, and, and uh, I said, you know. Marriage is a beautiful thing. (laughs) I got the same response. (laughs) I said, you know, marriage is a beautiful thing. I said, you're really struggling with that our versus your and his, huh? Oh, I don't know. You know, they're sort of grinning a little lighthearted. I said, you know, it's interesting to me. The fear of commitment that we find in people. I said, I've, I've known of situations where people have said, you know, because they made the statement, well, it's just the same, you know. I said, I've known of people who've told me that. It's just the same. And they've lived years together. And then the moment they finally decide, you know what, we've been together a long time. We should get married. Yes, you should. You should have a long time ago since you started living together. My thought. And so I said, I've watched that happen and I've watched them decide to finally get married. And when they got married, everything changed. 
Because all of a sudden, and we're having this conversation in the break room at work. But I'm recognizing the Lord in this conversation. And so I'm talking about the Lord using you as a child of God filled with his spirit and hearing and obeying. And uh, wouldn't you know it, somebody else walked into the break room. And it's a pretty small break room. So they happen to be in about a 10-year relationship, getting ready to have their second child but not married. I didn't invite them to the conversation, but they stepped in. See, the Lord knows where he places us when he places us. The Holy Ghost is meant to work outside of the walls. And so it's about, I'm about this point in the conversation with this other individual. I said, you know, when you get married, the difference is you give up your name and you take on his name. You release your independence and your identity and you take on his name. There's a reason. I said, off the work record. They said, yeah, please talk. I'm enjoying this. I said, okay. So, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that it says for this cause, talking about marriage, for this cause, a man will leave his father and his mother and will cling. I'm doing this. I mean, I'm will cling to his wife and they, too, shall become one flesh. Well, this other person's in the conversation now, right? They're sitting there. And I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. And I said, you know, it's the most beautiful thing. I said, I couldn't live without my wife. And I don't think she could live without me. Because we're, I I wouldn't want it. I'm not, I said, this might sound corny to you, but I'm not complete without her. She completes me. I complete her. I wouldn't want this. This is God's design. The other lady that walked in, tears start pouring down her face there in the break room. The other lady looks at her, jumps up and hugs her and says, oh, and I said, I'm sorry you walked in on the conversation. She looks up crying. She says, no, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. You and I are children of God filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The purpose is so we have direct connect to the Father. And we hear and we obey. And we hear and we obey. Or we hear and we disobey. When Jesus said, why don't you stand with me? When Jesus said, if you love me, what did he say? If you love me, you'll what? 
Yeah. He wasn't talking about the ten he put on stone 5,000 years before. If you look at that in context, he was talking to them about having been filled with the Spirit and a relationship with the Father. And so when he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, he was speaking of the relationship between a father and a child. And if you love me, when I speak, you're just going to obey. I don't know that I've ever said this before. Disobedience is a love problem. Disobedience is a love issue. It's not a, you can, you can call it anything else you want. You can give it any other excuse. Disobedience is a relationship issue. This way. Would you talk to the Lord with me right now? Come on, let's pray. Why is he telling us this? He's wanting to do mighty works through the body of Christ. But it's hearing and obeying. Childlike faith. Okay, Father, if that's what you said, that's what I'll do. In the name of Jesus. Come on, talk to him right there where you are. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of... Come on, He knows your heart. He feels you reaching to Him. He feels your desire toward Him. He understands that of you and I. When the Word of God is not chastising us, it's drawing us. He's inviting us to this place of being vessels used of the Father. To bring glory to the Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, give us ears to hear and a heart to obey. Ears to hear and a heart to obey. Come on, reach to him with your spirit. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Itamale masito yemaha. In the name of Jesus. Ikataye mono siti amaha. Itamaye kotorobo shiarataha.
There was a there was a disobedient son in Scripture. He took what he could get from the Father, but had no interest in obeying the voice of the Father. He went out, the Scripture says, and he wasted the Father's substance with his own riotous living. He wanted the substance of the Father, but he didn't want to be obedient to the Father. I want your substance so I can go live off of your substance, Father. But I don't want to live according to your voice, Father. That element is alive in the world today. And no doubt, every one of us somewhere in our journey have been somewhere on that. I've been there. The beauty is that's not the end of the story. The disobedient son realized, what am I doing trying to do this on my own? It was so much easier just obeying the father. It was so much easier. Life was so much more full. And look what's happening to me now when I'm trying to live my own life. He said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get up and I'm going to go back to my father. And I'm going to do something. I'm going to say, Father, I have sinned. What was he doing? I'm coming in repentance. I've been disobedient, Father. I haven't been obedient, but I'm coming back. And the Father was ready. And when he returned, immediately there was restoration. Ring on his finger, robe on his back, fatted calf. I'm just going to venture and say he was ready to be obedient to the Father. Amen. In Jesus. Would you reach to him one more time? Come on, reach to him. No matter where you are, would you reach to him? Father, by your grace, we will obey. Not of our own. By your grace, Father. Your enabling grace that enables me to hear your voice also enables me to obey your voice. It's a work of your grace, not of my goodness or my doing. It's your grace. Your grace enables me to hear. It enables me to obey. In the name of Jesus. 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 Come on, the very Holy Ghost that we are listening to is what enables us to obey. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Are you thankful tonight? Praise God. The Lord bless you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
Praise God. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. If I could, could you lift your hand real quick before you leave? Could I get a show of hands of those that are going to pass next week? Keep them up there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. She's got her hand up. Twelve. Did I count twelve or thirteen? Okay, great. Thank you.